chapter one of mademoiselle x this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by david wales mademoiselle x by lenoy falconer i expect her every minute said mrs merrington the train arrives at three thirty i hope she will be a success said mrs barnes the vicar's wife oh i hope so indeed we have been so unfortunate lately miss west i really liked such a ladylike person her touch on the piano was lovely and her french quite parisian but she did not spell very correctly and she knew nothing of arithmetic and so much is expected in that way nowadays the frulein knew everything it was quite wonderful but then her manners were very strange and mr merrington said it made him feel ill to lunch with a person who never washed her hands and certainly she was very dirty miss olivier was everything one could wish for as far as teaching went and evelyn improved under her very much but she had very peculiar views and indeed went as far as ladies rights so of course i was not sorry when she left and as for miss bond she was unsatisfactory in many ways the last phrase was as it sounded the outcome of a second thought mrs merrington had been about to say so terribly high church but with a timely recollection of the views of her listener suddenly altered her mind and her conclusion where did you hear of this one my sister lady carline you know recommended her when they were in florence she used to give french and music lessons to my niece she came to england only a week ago to try and find a situation in an english family and saw my advertisement was it not strange and remembered that i was a sister of lady carline's and so she called upon my sister and begged her to recommend her to me she seems just what i want a first-rate pianist and knows several languages and latin enough to ground freddy so thoroughly accustomed too to english ways which is a great comfort as she had so many english pupils in florence i suppose she is an italian no i don't think she is an italian exactly i am not quite sure what she is her name rather peculiar is x x did you say yes it is spelt i x e evelyn says it should be pronounced x like x in weeks but we don't know whether it is a french or a german name at any rate she is a foreigner oh yes a roman catholic oh no oh dear no the great objection to foreign governesses in my opinion is that they are always either roman catholics or nothing mrs merrington gave a little cry of dismay but recovering herself said but that cannot be the case with mademoiselle x for my sister is very particular most particular in that way on the contrary i remember now poor thing she has had a great deal of trouble about her religion for she is separated from her family on account of her views i suppose you mean she has changed her religion yes that is what i understand my sister said evelyn evelyn what did your aunt say about mademoiselle x's religious opinions the young girl thus appealed to sat a little way behind mrs merrington and was engaged in what appeared to be an acrimonious discussion with the young man beside her to him she now said sharply 
please do hold your tongue for one moment parry i cannot hear what mamma is saying and then turning to her mother answered i forget oh yes now i remember something about her detesting anything like romanism as much as aunt charlotte did i did not mean that said mrs merrington hastily observing a shade on mrs barnes face but about mademoiselle Ix and her family i think the letter is here somewhere uh, oh yes this is it she read aloud the poor soul has been separated from her relations by serious difference of opinion for some years it is a painful subject with her and i advise you not to allude to it hm exclaimed mrs barnes in so unpleasantly significant a tone that mrs merrington was glad to change the subject my dear she said addressing some one hidden behind an outspread sheet of the times ought not the carriage to have been back from the station by this time the question had to be repeated before the paper was lowered and mr merrington's weather-beaten grey-whiskered face disclosed certainly not was his answer if giles brings the horses quietly along as he ought to carchester junction is a mile beyond carchester town that makes ten miles and a half good from here ten miles and a half repeated the young man who was seated beside evelyn not quite so far as that is it mr merrington but this ancient dispute was suspended for the moment by the sound of a ring at the front door there she is exclaimed mrs merrington and went out into the hall to greet the newcomer the others listened with great interest to the bustle of the arrival i do hope she will not be dull said evelyn in a low voice to parry why should she be dull because every one is in this neighbourhood hush here she comes there are those who at first sight impress us not at all there are those who impress us most distinctly mademoiselle x evidently belonged to the latter class and it was the more singular as nothing could have been less remarkable than the appearance of this short plain woman of uncertain age in a brown ulster and a black straw bonnet she was very dark with the dull lustreless complexion of a skin which is thick as well as sallow the contour of the face was broad and the features though not large were clumsily moulded the mouth was the best of them the lips were well formed and the line which divided them suggestive of calm and even sweetness with this something in the upper part of the face clashed strangely evelyn the quickest observer of all present was the first to discover that this effect was produced by the curious angle formed by the thick black eyebrows which declined abruptly from the temples towards the nose pray sit down mademoiselle said mrs merrington when the ceremony of introduction was completed i am sure you will be glad of a cup of tea after your journey do you take sugar no sugar no milk thank you madame the voice in which those words were spoken was low and deep and as evelyn again observed of so penetrating a quality that every syllable might have been heard at the further end of the long drawing-room in which they sat i am afraid you found the drive from the station very tedious said mrs merrington politely no madame replied mademoiselle x who it appeared always softened her english sentences by titles borrowed from a more courteous tongue i was interested in watching the country i looked for but i did not perceive the beautiful castle of which lady carline has spoken to me so many times beautiful castle that must be lingford castle yes madame i think so 
it lies quite in the opposite direction it is a very fine place said mrs merrington looking at parry who was now handing cakes to the ladies it belongs to mr lethbridge indeed said mademoiselle Eeks, glancing quickly towards that young gentleman mr lethbridge is fortunate will belong to me you mean mrs merrington said parry rather moodily if i live long enough i think you may last for three years yet with care parry said mr merrington half satirically half admiringly contemplating the tall deep-chested broad-shouldered young man mr lethbridge does not succeed to his property till he is twenty-three explained mrs merrington the trustees have let it uh, the castle i mean to his half-brother mr cosmo fox the husband of the beauty said mademoiselle Eeks. some people consider her so said mrs merrington coldly she is perfectly lovely cried evelyn with enthusiasm she is the handsomest woman in the county said mr merrington oh i don't know about that said parry looking lovingly at evelyn's blonde head i consider miss duncombe better looking said mrs barnes from under mademoiselle Eeks's heavy brows a steady and penetrating gaze travelled slowly and curiously from one speaker to the other whilst her lips preserved an expression of amiable deference i suppose was her next remark that they live much in the world mr and mrs cosmo fox and receive a great deal at their beautiful home yes worse luck observed parry you do not like society monsieur it depends what society it is said parry somewhat sententiously mr lethbridge only cares for people who can kill something explained evelyn disdainfully well i do avowed parry colouring i like a man to be a sportsman don't you mr merrington certainly my dear boy i hate a fellow who daren't wet his feet and can't load his own gun and i hate foreigners he would have said but with a rare visitation of tact checked himself and substituted germans concluding from her accent that the stranger could not possibly belong to that people mr cosmo fox has a great many foreign friends observed mrs merrington he lived abroad a good deal when he was in the diplomatic service mrs barnes's prolonged and most unwonted silence was not the symptom of an idle or inattentive mind her endeavour had been by silent observation of the newcomer to discover what kind of person she might be and now finding herself completely baffled she adopted a different method of inquiry you speak english so fluently she began in her high harsh voice i suppose you know england very well not england madame replied the foreign governess with a modulation of her words that after mrs barnes's uncompromising tone sounded wooingly gentle the english i have learned to know well abroad this is my first visit to england i have only been a week here indeed you must already have noticed a great difference between this and and every other country indeed i do madame but this was not the information of which mrs barnes was in quest she made another attempt upon a different line do you consider the roman catholic church as gaining ground in your country no madame on the contrary the roman catholic church is losing ground you mean in in all over the continent madame i am thankful to hear it cried mrs merrington fervently but what takes its place cried mrs barnes nothing can take its place madame ha and the people what becomes of them 
well madame they adopt emancipated opinions of various kinds chiefly atheistic just what i imagined but why do they not become protestants cried mrs merrington in an aggrieved tone exasperated by this instance of human perversity it would be little good if they did said mrs barnes for the protestant sects abroad are all it is well known beyond the pale of the catholic and apostolic church mrs barnes as she spoke looked steadily and defiantly at the martyr to protestant convictions but mademoiselle ixe's only acknowledgment of the assertion was a bland smile which would have been equally or perhaps more appropriate if mrs barnes had said that it was a fine day mrs merrington coughed and suggested that mademoiselle ixe might like to see her room i think she is nice observed mrs merrington looking cheerfully and inquiringly around when the door had closed behind evelyn and the new governess she seems to me a plain sensible young woman there is certainly no doubt about her being plain said mr merrington dryly as to young that is a matter of opinion but if she is as sensible as she is plain she ought to do by george yes she isn't handsome said perry standing on the hearth-rug and looking straight before him as if he saw her still and marvelled at her lack of beauty oh, for my part said mrs merrington with some dignity being wounded by the disparaging tone of these comments i think good looks are rather out of place in a governess i quite agree with you said mrs barnes and i have nothing to say against her looks or her dress which for a foreigner is in wonderfully good taste but i wish my dear mrs merrington you knew something more about her connections and her opinions she was very reserved about it all did you notice well you see it is altogether rather a painful subject i did not like to be too pressing at first you know but in a few days i have no doubt we shall know more as to her religion i feel sure that is quite safe because my sister is so very particular at this mrs barnes drew her lips tightly together as if repressing an overwhelming reply and then gravely took her leave the men withdrew also leaving poor mrs merrington who was keenly sensitive to other people's opinions in a state of some discouragement from this however she was happily rescued by evelyn half an hour later she is getting on beautifully with the children they have actually begun by doing what she tells them i wonder why said evelyn looking dreamily out of the window and speaking as much to herself as to her mother they were so different at first with miss west for instance who made so much of them at once the very first afternoon directly she had put everything in order in the schoolroom they set to work to make it all in a mess again now mademoiselle ixe first looks round as she is taking off her gloves and in a matter-of-course way says it is nearly six o'clock you will not have the room tidy by tea-time unless you begin to put your things away and arrange the furniture directly and they actually began doing so poor darlings i always said that all they required was a little tact and winifred too that peevish little thing who will hardly make friends with any one never shrieked when mademoiselle ixe spoke to her and even let her take her in her arms for half a minute winifred is a sweet child evelyn only nobody understands her how is it mademoiselle ixe understands her i wonder she said she was a child who would require a very gentle hand as her nerves were too irritable 
i am sure i shall like her cried mrs merrington enthusiastically i feel sure i shall she seems so nice and quiet at this point however they separated evelyn could never have admired anybody for being nice and quiet nor did she consider that mademoiselle Ix deserved to be so described the new governess declined to dine with the family that evening but joined them later on in the drawing-room mrs merrington found subject for approbation in mademoiselle Ix's attire as being like herself nice and quiet evelyn on the contrary thought she had never seen anything less gracefully arranged than the black folds which fell loosely around the sturdy figure she was however too intent upon the woman herself to have much attention to spare for the fashion of her garments she made haste to open the grand piano feeling certain that mademoiselle Ix's playing like herself would be remarkable never had evelyn been more disappointed mademoiselle Ix's performance displayed brilliant powers of execution but nothing more what more indeed could have been done evelyn reflected with the piece selected st cecilia herself might have failed to infuse with musical life a succession of scales and arpeggios which was supposed to imitate the murmur of rippling water that is perfectly charming cried mrs merrington that is the kind of music i like i chose it especially for you madame said mademoiselle Ix, and she played another of the same sort i hope you will teach evelyn some of these pretty things said mrs merrington there is something so ladylike about them evelyn is too fond of wild music without any tune in it my dear is not that a sweet thing which mademoiselle Ix has just played i don't pretend to be a judge of music answered mr merrington from his deep chair beside the fire but if you ask my opinion i like something very soft i don't think music can be too soft i quite understand said mademoiselle Ix, and then she played something which was rather monotonous and never rose above pianissimo ah that is very nice said mr merrington and he fell fast asleep i feel so tired announced mrs merrington after her invariable custom about a quarter to ten that i really must go to bed evelyn my darling you will see that mademoiselle Ix has everything she wants and please mademoiselle do not allow her to sit up late over her novel as she is inclined to do but a little time after mr and mrs merrington had departed the novel lay unheeded on evelyn's lap mademoiselle Ix was playing again this time something which was neither soft nor sweet evelyn had listened often enough in english concert rooms and drawing-rooms to this music of eastern europe which the west admires but hardly comprehends for one reason because in the west it is rarely heard more than the utmost mechanical precision and ordinary good taste is required for the interpretation of this strange musical tongue whatever this mysterious faculty may be mademoiselle Ix undoubtedly possessed it and evelyn listening to her discovered that she had never until then heard anything but the letter of this music and the spirit of it thus revealed was anguish that cannot rest torment that sees no outlet on earth no comfort in heaven the shadow of an unrighteous and pitiless dominion in which the hope of generations has fainted and their faith has waxed dim evelyn was too ignorant of other races than her own as well as of their histories past or present to understand all this 
but she felt that she was hearing the cry of a sorrow too deep for her to fathom and when the playing ceased and nothing was heard but the comfortable noises of the ticking clock and the crackling coal-fire she looked round upon the scene and symbols of her tranquil everyday life as one might have done who had been wandering with dante in the circles of the lost how beautifully you play exclaimed evelyn as they passed into the hall together i suppose you have had lessons from many different masters yes but my last was the best indeed he taught very well i suppose yes very well he is severe cruel even i don't think i should like him it is very possible he is not much sought after still his method is unequalled that which he teaches you can rarely forget the light of the candle which evelyn had just given to mademoiselle x flickering on her dark face gave to it a singular expression as she spoke these words over which evelyn pondered wondering till she fell asleep she had never longed for any third volume so eagerly as she longed for her first interview with the new governess next day as her lesson hour was not till the afternoon it seemed likely she would have to bridle her impatience until then but mademoiselle x and her younger pupils returned from their morning walks so early that evelyn was able to propose a turn in the grounds before luncheon mademoiselle x readily consented and evelyn led the way her favourite one for a morning saunter they went along a broad gravel walk which skirted the front and one side of the house and then led through a thick shrubbery into the kitchen garden it is not exactly pretty here but it is dry and warm said evelyn as they followed a gravel path sheltered from the north by high red walls and a phalanx of elms in the park outside they walked up and down inhaling the sweet scents of the sun-steeped garden and hearing the fussy rooks cawing hoarsely overhead you have a charming home said mademoiselle x thoughtfully speaking in french as she always did with her pupils yes replied evelyn undecidedly it is very dull dull repeated mademoiselle x with a quaint foreign pronunciation of the word is dull the same as ennuyeux no i think not a person is ennuyeux because he or she cannot be easily amused now i can enjoy things well enough if only there is anything particular to enjoy how if there were anything to enjoy you who have youth health beauty but what is the good of all that without if one lives in a desert ah you require an audience no but i should like to spend some months at least in a gayer place than this london perhaps in the season yes it is quite natural is it not perfectly and you will later no papa says now that he only gets half his rents he cannot afford it ah it is always like that in life something invariably is wanting all that i can say to console you dear child is that the real london season is very different to that smiling image you form of it in reality do you see however agreeable it may be there is always something displeasing something prosaic which one never finds in castles in the air and again let me assure you you might make the round of london seasons without once meeting an admirer so devoted and so worthy as you already possess who can that be mr lethbridge perry is that all 
why do you speak of him thus i can only imagine one drawback all your family would be enchanted if you accepted him i avow that is unromantic still one cannot have everything and there is so much to attract you he is so honest so affectionate so strong so handsome handsome i never thought of his being handsome i suppose he is he is a dear old thing in some ways but so stupid ah but no mademoiselle you deceive yourself his intelligence is slow but forgive me in some things more dependable than your own his forte is in action not in thought ask him for an idea i admit he has not one to give you but for action prompt bold and to the point that is another thing it is true said evelyn with some animation it was certainly perry's coolness and presence of mind which saved us all when the horses ran away down tidbury hill and but how she said stopping suddenly and looking at mademoiselle Ixe, how do you know all this about him i have learnt to read character as one interprets cipher his is very easy it is as transparent as pure water it hides nothing because it has nothing to hide i congratulate you on your admirer mademoiselle perry is very well but he is dull and it is the same with everything else my life here is very happy but it is so dull i sometimes think i should like a little less happiness if it might make life less dull you do not know what you are saying said mademoiselle Ixe gravely they had left the garden during this conversation and now they emerged from the shrubbery they saw before them the smooth lawn and trimmed foreign shrubs of the pleasure grounds and the park with its winter bleached sward and leafless trees declining to the valley where the thatched roofs red chimneys and one tall spire marked the undulating line of the little village street there was not a cloud in all the pale blue sky the smoke from the cottage fires rose straight into the windless air and in the great stillness noises from the hollow and the further hill came clearly to them the bleating of lambs the barking of a chained dog the creak of wagon-wheels and the shrill voices of children upon the road all blended and mellowed by distance into a sweet and melancholy murmur what a landscape said mademoiselle Ixe. what tranquillity what peace it is asleep she lowered her voice in saying these last words as if she feared to waken something do you admire it so much i do not know it was not of its beauty i was thinking i am not certain that i care much for beauty that scandalizes you does it not it is heresy ah when i was as young and as happy as you i too cared for beauty now it is different i am too tired the bright spring daylight shining mercilessly on her face as she spoke disclosed to evelyn intently watching her deep lines round the mouth and eyes which strangely moved the young girl's pity she hardly knew why they were indeed the grim characters of suffering rather than of time and in evelyn's faulty and selfish little nature there lay the saving grace of sympathy for others no i do not care for beauty or for joy continued mademoiselle Ixe. rest and peace behold my heaven rest and peace lightly repeated evelyn though struggling against a strong inclination to cry 
if that is heaven i don't think i should care for heaven probably not said mademoiselle Eeks quietly we never i suppose appreciate heaven till we have at least looked into hell the first luncheon bell began ringing and they proceeded at once to the house evelyn was late that day for luncheon for when she reached her room she stood motionless looking straight before her wrapped in meditation from which she was only roused by the second bell whoever or whatever mademoiselle ix may be was her conclusion she is certainly not dull End of chapter one